everybody. This is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Thomas Show. Uh, the new shows will begin very, very soon this month of November. While I'm putting the new season together, while I'm putting some final touches on some episodes, I decided to pull something out from the archives for you to listen to. Check this episode out. It's about an hour long, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, keep in mind, this one's from the archive, so there might be some curse words in it. <laughs> might be. So uh, <laughs> be mindful of that if you're in the car with children. I normally don't go too far with it, but I know that uh, on, for some of the stuff in the archives, it's a little more risque language-wise than, than uh, normal for this particular program. But this is from the S. Anthony Says podcast, my other podcast. And I wanted to introduce some of you to that. So check this out. I believe you're going to enjoy it. If you love it, go subscribe to that podcast as well. You're already subscribed to this one, obviously. And I uh, hope to see you over there as well. But like I said, while I'm waiting for the new season, while we're putting some things together, check this out, and I'll see you soon. You dig? Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, and this is the S. Anthony Thomas host and all of that crap, but it's crap that you're listening to. How are you doing? Are you ready for episode number 232, which is what this is, episode number 232? Yes, we are. Fantastic. Now, before I get started, I just wanted to say a congratulations to my my buddy, my pod rev compadre, Michael Salamone. His podcast is called Salamone, and he's done 100 episodes. I gave him a soundbite to use on his show to congratulate him, and I just wanted to congratulate him on this show as well. Congratulations on 100 episodes, my friend. Good work. Good job. I dig you, and I listen to you on a regular basis. Because 100 episodes is a big deal. Because usually what happens is people will podcast like five times and go, whip, this is starting to become a job. Got to go. And they get the hell out. So when you get to 100 episodes, you're the real deal, my friend. That's all I'm saying. Now, folks, let me tell you something. Let me talk to you something about uh, about humiliation. <laughs> and everybody knows what it's like to be humiliated. And most of the time, you want to avoid that crap like the plague. You know, I was driving by a gas, uh, not a gas station, I was driving by a car wash today. And it reminded me of something that happened to me on my, when I was moving to, when I moved to Los Angeles the first time. And it was literally one of the most humiliating, humiliating, and did I mention humiliating good? Because it was humiliating moments in my adult life. Now I was doing stand-up comedy. You know, I've been doing it since I was a kid. And I got to be one of the most respected ones. And I was, you know, I had, was in the newspaper, blah, TV, blah, 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 who cares? But I was, I was respected, well, 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 well respected in my, in my area. And it was a pretty big area. Okay. So I'm thinking about doing big things and I'm telling people, hey, I'm going to move to Los Angeles. Oh, when you go to Los Angeles, it's going to be great. You're going to be this, that, and the big this, and you're going to be great that, and you're going to have star this and double star and quadruple TV shows and 16 Emmys and double Oscars and all of that crap and quadruple Emmys and Grammys and all of that crap. And I'll go, thanks a lot. Cause I definitely want to have all of that. And I'm putting the money together so I can go to Los Angeles and go out there and become a big star and a triple star and a quadruple star and have TVs and Emmys and doubles Emmys and put movies inside of the TVs, which will be inside of movies, which will be inside of CDs, which will be inside of other movie theaters and all of that crap because I'm going to do all of that crap. But I realized at the current rate, at the rate at the time, it would take me a about a year to put the money together to move to Los Angeles the way I wanted to move to Los Angeles. And I did not want to wait another year to move to Los Angeles. Why? Because I wanted to move to Los Angeles, damn it. So I needed to speed things up, right? Now, I wasn't going to stop doing comedy because, quite frankly, that was the reason I was going to Los Angeles, damn it. But what I realized is like, I got to make a sacrifice, man. I got to make a sacrifice. I got to do something I normally wouldn't do that is going to get me out there a lot faster. I need it, damn it. I need it, need it, need it, need it. So I realized I'm going to keep doing my regular comedy schedule, which is Fridays and Saturdays and sometimes Sundays. But I'm going to try to find a job I can do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. It's really difficult to do. You have any jobs where I could work only four fifths of the time everyone else works? Go what myself? Okay. <laughs> Right. But the thing was, it was a sacrifice because to me, if you're a stand up comic and you take it seriously, if you were living in a city where you have showcase nights or open mic nights, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, and you work your regular gigs on the weekends, you need those days to, to work on new material, to keep things sharp, to keep your timing down, you know. 
But I figured, all right, I, I got two hours of material that I'm proud of. I only need 45 minutes to headline regular comedy clubs. I need an hour to an hour 15 to work the AAA plus A plus 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 comedy clubs. And I got two hours. No big deal. I'm covered and I'm working every weekend. So I'll just keep cycling in material to keep it fresh and keep it, keep it, you know, keep it going. No big deal. I'll make the sacrifice a few months of, of a regular gig in addition to my comedy crap. And I'll be able to move out to Los Angeles. Yeah, that's right. Damn it. But as I said, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, could not work Fridays and Saturdays. Couldn't do it. It was not like I was working in the same city, so I couldn't do it. I mean, everything was within driving distance, but still, you know, you can't work, you know, you know what I'm saying. So I go, I say, well, talk to some people. And they go, well, why don't you try, uh, you know, telemarketing? Can't do that. Once again, Monday through Friday. Why don't you go to a day labor place? I'm like, well, eh, What? I don't know how to do plumbing and all of that crap. No, 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 they have other things too. So I go, all right, I'll try to go down to the place and I go to the employment agency and they're going, well, we have jobs here. Um, what kind of hours were you looking for? Uh, well, you know, I, I didn't want to say, well, I'm doing comedy. I'm going to Los Angeles. I don't want to, you can't say that to an employment agency because an employment agency is thinking in terms of we want to have somebody out there making a, working at the job so we can get our cut of their salary and you know we we, we nobody we like no one cares at the employment agency that you want to be a comic or you are a comic and you want to have a show or a movie they don't want to hear that crap they want to think you're just a regular guy just like everybody else that's not have aspirations of that particular type of crap and um they can count on you know siphoning off some of the bread you you're making so i said well you know i uh you know usually I, i'm looking for something monday through thursday uh, Friday and Saturday have um, family uh, obligations. And of course, she's not listening to me. She goes, oh, Monday through Thursday. Okay, that's all I need to know. I don't need to know your life story. Okay, Monday, Monday, Monday Thursday. Okay. Um, do you know how to kill people and hide the bodies by dissolving the bodies in lie? Uh, no. Oh, I should have asked you a question before I even asked you about that job. I mean, I just, oh God, I, I've been on vacation. Sometimes I'm a little, I'm, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, not performing at the top. Okay, forget I just asked you about whether or not you're really good at killing people, dissolving their body and lying, hiding them. <clears throat> I should have asked you this first. Are you an undercover police officer? Uh, no. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Because I could, I've, <laughs> because we, we hire a lot of hitmen here. And uh, it's really, it's really very, very lucrative. I mean, they go out there, they get uh, ten grand to kill someone. We get our, we get our two grand off of it. And uh, I mean, well, actually, I will. Okay, can I? Could you open your shirt, please? Okay, you're not a cop. Good. I, just, I keep forgetting that. I, uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so um, uh, do you know anything about uh, having sex with women for money? Um, no, I, I, I got a girlfriend. I really, you know, I don't, I don't. I don't think I want to take money for having sex with women. I mean, they, um, you really have a nice ass. You sure about that? First of all, thank you, but I do have a nice ass. But uh, but uh, no, I don't. I don't want to do anything illegal. Oh, so I guess crack sales is out of the question. Yes, that's. I'm not doing crack sales. What kind of employment agency is this? We service the entire community. We service murderers, um, and of course, crackheads and people of that nature, and of course, uh, hookers. Have you ever shoved large amounts of drugs? into your rectum and intra I'm not doing anything illegal. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Um, okay, we're going to stick with regular jobs for people who aren't criminals and scumbags. Um, let's see here. Um, do you do sales? Oh, yeah. Actually, I was pretty good in sales. Um, you know, but I mean, are you sure that, I mean, like I remember, I, I wanted to work Monday, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I can't do Friday and Saturday. Oh, yes, that was a mistake on my part. They, they, they need you to be there Monday through Saturday, through Friday. Sorry. Let's see here. Um, you can do, uh, if you think of day labor, uh, yeah. I mean, I, that's what I came for. I thought, to, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, you know, I just, I mean, there's so many criminals coming. See that guy over there right there? Right there, see that guy right there, the really big guy? Yeah. See, he's, he's you see, yeah, he, he, I'm right there. He comes in here all the time. He works Monday through Thursday. You know, but I mean, unlike you, he's not, he doesn't have a problem. Um, of being a criminal. So he actually goes out, sells his booty to women, then kills people. Two separate jobs, by the way. This man's a really good hard worker. And then, actually, he actually, and then he, he crams drugs up his buttocks and travels across the country with it and, and has it come out. And I mean, this is the guy's, are you sure you don't want to do those jobs? No. Okay, we're going to stick with the legitimate stuff. Okay. Um, have you ever worked in a factory? 
I've never worked in a factory. Okay, as it turns out here, uh, they it's it's well they they well technically they just hire people whoever's available who has the skills, which means you know a lot of these people are working two two days a week, and if you want to, you can work the factory Monday. Oh, okay, there we go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. You can do that. Oh, that sounds great. How much does it pay? Well, it pays this amount. Oh, pretty cool. That's, that's actually pretty cool. Okay, now, granted, you're not going to get all of that. Like I said, we siphon off money, not just from the criminals that we that we do. We also siphon money off of um, the people who, who work regular jobs. I, I really don't care. How much is it after you take your amount? We take this amount. Ooh, oh, still, well, still good enough. Okay, fantastic. Because really, we actually take less than that. The amount that I told you was me actually taking an additional cut under the table. Um... I probably shouldn't have told you that too, huh? No, you probably shouldn't have. You, you, I'm going to have to give you all the money you're supposed to be getting and just take the m- amount that the company takes and not s- siphon off any for myself, aren't I? Yeah, pretty much. Damn, I got to learn how to keep my mouth shut. Anyway, uh, here's the job. Here's the place. And you go down there to the factory and you can do the job, okay? Thanks a lot. Okay, okay. you really do have a nice ass. Thanks. I could put so much so many bags of coke in your ass. I don't have a big ass. No, I, 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 I know, but it, I, never mind. It's, let's go about your business. <laughs> so I go to the factory, and it's 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 not bad. It's not a bad place. It's not a big deal. You know, you go to the factory. It's a twelve-hour job. You get there at seven o'clock, and well, you don't get there at seven o'clock in the morning. You start at seven, and when they say start at seven, they ain't kidding. The machines never come off the only time the machines actually come offline is when there's maintenance or when they break and it's usually not maintenance because you can look at it and you can see the stamp this machine was inspected by frank johnson in 1937 and then underneath it it says and we ain't inspecting this shit again until it breaks now f you get to work you've been spending too much time reading the stamps you bastard and i got to work and it was a plastic factory, and the plastic comes down, and you take the thing off the thing, and you put it in the box, and you shrink wrap the box, and you lift it over your head, and it was a huge pain in the ass. Because I'm not a big fan of doing the same crap over and over and over again, which is why I'm able to write so much material, because I get sick of saying the crap. And once I've said the crap enough times, I'm done with the crap. So being in something that is repetitious is it's like water torture. But I wanted to go to L.A., damn it. I needed to go to L.A. So I worked the factory. And the bad part about it is when you're working in a factory 12 hours, you can't use the same tricks you would normally use to survive your eight-hour job that sucks. You can't do it. Because all the tricks you use for your eight-hour job, they're burned into your into your skill set. You've worked eight-hour jobs for so long, you do all the stupid tricks you do to be able to solve, survive the eight-hour job. You get there at the thing, and you take the coffee, and you, wait to the thing. you waste time with your friends in the break room, start later than you're supposed to, then you go to the thing, and you bet then you make some calls and then when you do some busy work, then you go to the bathroom, take longer than you're supposed to. You come on back and you slow down the calls because it's getting close to lunch and you don't want to miss your lunch. You go to lunch, then you take longer than at lunch than you're supposed to. Then you come back, you drive, you do it real slow, then you talk to your manager, ask him a question that you already know the answer to, but you know he's a long way to piece of crap. He can't get mad at you because he was the one talking. Then you go back the desk and you make some calls and you actually work for two hours about then it's getting close to five and it's now 4 45 and you're not doing anything else because you don't want to call the last past five because you want to get the hell out of there and you get the hell out those tricks don't work in an eight hour job because you go through all of that same crap and there's still four more damn hours left oh no and it sucked but i put a little put a little money together but then, of course, the inevitable happens, and they go, well, Mr. Thomas, we really need someone who's going to be able to be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Can you commit to us and sign this thing saying you're going to be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? And I'm going, ha, 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 no. It was nice working with you, which it wasn't, and I left. But I still needed to get that another job, something that was going to pay me anything. Like I said, the comedy money was cool, but I needed to just stockpile some other money to get to Los Angeles. And the next job is where the humiliation happened. 
I was working at the car wash, and there's nothing wrong with working at a car wash. It's good hard work. It's just like it's just like everything else. And I already told the story of one of the places I worked, where there was a guy. We were in the car together. Everything was cool. We're having a great time. We're laughing and joking. And then everybody found out that I was the only one that had never been to prison before. And all of a sudden, they started treating me like crap and thinking I was a punk. And then one guy started getting physical with me. And then I walked him around to the back of the car wash where there was no cameras. And I told him, if we're gonna have a problem if you got a problem with me we can solve it right now do what you want to do but i'm telling you right now if you don't calm down we're going to have a problem he tried to fight me i whooped his ass and i whooped his ass real good i mean this was a prime time ass whooping and then uh, he never bothered me again but that's not the point that's not the part that was bothering me that bothered me because at the whole time i'm wondering if this guy's going to stab me in the back of the ch- in the back of the neck because I whooped his ass and everyone knew I whipped his ass. That was best. So I'm always waiting for the revenge ass whooping or the revenge you know, thing. But that's not the bad. That's the best bad. But that's not the worst part. The worst part was I was still at that time working the clubs and people still, oh, he's great. He's going to be a big deal. He's going to L.A. Oh, he's going to be a big deal. When he goes to L.A., he's going to be a big deal. <laughs> so I take a job. And then this car washes far enough outside of the area where I can get to it without really being a big deal. It's a bit of a hike, but it's close enough. But it's far enough where I don't think anybody I know will be there. <laughs> That's what I thought. Now, first off, I started seeing local news anchors from the area that I was living. And I'm going, okay, well, they don't know me, so it's not a big deal. Hey, Mr. Uh, big Fan. Oh, thanks a lot, son. <laughs> get the wheels, get the window. <laughs> no problem, Mr. News Guy. All right. So I go into the back to get some new rags and some, and, and, and some spray for the windows because you put the spray on the on the uh, hand towels. You put them on both sides of the windows and then you do this Mr. Miyagi thing and clean the window really quickly. I had it down to a science. I could wash an entire car in a couple of minutes and the per- thing would look spit shine and people would go, this guy's the best. And I'm going, ah, I'm going to shoot myself. So one time I'm not paying attention and, I, and, and, and sometimes, you know, People would run out to get to certain cars because they could see that these car was an expensive car. And the expensive car, sometimes those guys or gals would give you a big tip. So this time I slid up there real, real quick like F these losers. I'm going to get this big tip. Ha. And I'm working on the car. And the person's inside the building. And I'm working. And I'm down on my knees. And I'm finishing up that last tire. Finishing up that last tire. And I'm going to spit shine this bastard. I'm going to make sure this tire is the best. And I turn around and I see someone I know from comedy Steve that's what I went by back then Steve yeah hey buddy now those are two words that are just horrible to hear anytime someone says hey buddy that is the worst thing in the world. Now, if you look at those words on paper, you would think that's a great thing that someone thinks you, that you're, you're their buddy and they're saying hey to get your attention. They like you so much. They want to get your attention and acknowledge that you, in fact, are their buddy. So when you put those two words together on paper, that's a great thing. Hey, I know who you are and I want your attention and I want to acknowledge vocally that we are buddies. <laughs> but not when it's said like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Hey, so, uh, yeah, that's another thing you don't want to hear. So, uh, yeah, because in between, uh, and yeah, is a sentence that's very silent, but very loud at the same time. So, uh, what the fuck are you doing here? You're one of the best comedians in the country. I just saw you a year ago. We, we started doing comedy at the same time. I know you're great at this job. And the people were telling you going to Los Angeles and you're doing big things and things are big about to happen to you. And now it's six o'clock in the morning. You're spit shining my... What the, and then you and then I look around and I see that the frick you you trying to hide from people. That's why you're out here. What the hell happened to you? All of that is between hey is in the middle of that damn sentence. So um hey yeah so um you know uh how's it uh going? It's going good. It's going good. I'm out playing the Blopty Blop Club next week. Oh yeah yeah I'm sure you are. That's another thing. I'm sure you are. 
It's the kind of thing you normally say to someone when you're affirming that you agree with them and that you believe what they're saying. Hey, I'm going to tear up college. I'm sure you are. I'm going to win that game tomorrow. I'm sure you are. When it's said like that, I'm sure you are. It means the person is sure you are. But when it's said like this, sure you are. It means, no, you're not. No, you're not, you bastard. What you you fell off. You were in a year you went from oh my god, this is embarrassing. I am now going to continue this uncomfortable conversation by not making eye contact with you, which is even going to make this more uncomfortable. And now, even though you're five foot eight inches tall, for some reason you are now three foot six. I don't know how it happened. Probably the pressure of this entire conversation crushing you down. And I know you feel well, I gotta go now. Here's a tip that's much, much bigger than it should have been. And, and even though in the normal circumstances, someone giving you more money than they, you would normally get is a great thing. The simple fact that someone you know who knows you're great is, is a comic and thinks you now fell off. Maybe you have some kind of problem or some crap like that gives you a $40 tip when a $5 tip would have been good. And quite frankly, I would have liked to be an anybody to keep the tips, but at car washes, you got to put the tips in the box and split them, and I'm not a thief, so I did it, damn it. And as he's pulling off, okay, man, I'll talk to you later. I have to go make some phone calls to everybody you know to spread this humiliation and make you make it look worse than it actually is, not realizing that there's a logical reason for it and that you're not nothing has actually happened to you as a person and that this is essentially you just trying to stockpile money for a big move. But I'm going to, by the time I finish telling the story, people are going to be seeing you standing there going, more porridge, please. But that's what's going to happen by the time I finish. And he pulls off. Oh, no. And I'm thinking, please, God, don't let this jackass. I mean, I know he saw this, but hopefully he's just going to he's going to just keep his mouth shut and not be running his damn mouth and telling everybody about this crap. I hope he's going to shut his freaking pie hole, this bastard. And 17 minutes and 15 seconds later, someone else I know that I didn't want to see in this particular circumstance decides to pull up. Oh, no, no, no. Don't wash my car. I'm looking for someone. Oh, God. Now they're looking for me at the car wash. Great. Oh, hey, Steve, I didn't realize you were there, even though I just rejected everyone else who could have done an equally good job of cleaning my car because I want to have some kind of excuse to prove to myself that he wasn't lying about you and go to the place myself and see that you were not here and that I... I'm going to try to hide the pity on my face, and then and I'm now I'm going to also overtip you, and then and then I'm going to give you a tip, and then I'm going to go over and talk to you after you put the tip in the box, and I'm going to give you another twenty, and said no, 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 don't put this is in the box. This is for you, you you poor bastard. Hey, hey, honey, how's it going? Hey, Steve. Oh God, what is this bullshit? What the fuck did he do? Go call everybody. Yeah, I just happened to be in the area. And even though my car is spotless right now, and I really there's really no reason for me to have it clean, for some reason I need it to see for myself. I mean, to, um, I mean <laughs> to have my car cleaned. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, God. Um, uh, so how's it um going? Oh, it's, it's going good. I'm playing at Blop the Blop Club um, in two weeks. I'm sure you are. What, do they have a script or something? Uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, car wash, I mean, this is, this is good work, right? Oh, now she's trying to make me feel better. Because it's the feeling that, you, it's the feeling, it's like they're talking to me. And by the way, she was only the second of four people that showed up at the car wash just to find out if, if Steve, which is what I went by at the time, was actually working at the car wash. Who was going to then give me 20 bucks. I took that shit too, by the way. And then they, 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 well, let's go back to her, the second person. Damn it. And uh, yes, it's good work, right? And she's talking to me the same way you talk. You know how a kid, when a kid, they, they, there's a point in the kid's evolution where they stop going to the bathroom on themselves, right? But but there's that one last time where they crap on themselves and you know it's, and, and you, you kind of like turn up. It's okay, Bill. You know, it's like, listen. I know you were whatever the age is, you know, and I know that but sometimes the accidents like that happen. All you got to do is just go upstairs, you know, take your underwear, shake whatever it is into the toilet 
and you know you're a big boy now you're gonna have to rinse them out yourself you know you're big enough to do it yourself and then you, you, you rinse your pants off and then we'll put them in the washer and no one else is gonna have to know about it it's just between you and me it, it's not a big deal it's not a big deal except in this case it was when i'm shaking my humiliation into the toilet and flushing it and rinsing out my societal drawers this bastard goes out and tells other people quick get there before he finishes shaking out his drawers and rinsing them off the bastard <laughs> and so you know it's it's great it's, it's great steve that you know that you I mean i mean i know that comedy isn't for everybody now keep in mind i haven't stopped working i am still one of the best in the area i'm still getting standing ovations i am still the same person that they saw before but now this new information comes in and all and i'm sitting there going the years of me blowing places out right in front of you and being un, being hard for people to follow even people who are celebrities all of a sudden now you see this one thing and and so anyway um you know like i said comedy isn't you know i mean you can still do your little comedy thing now it's a little comedy anything and uh you know and uh you know like people like every job is important every job is important like, you know just like like the people that work the car wash here their job is important too you know what i mean and uh you know and so just, you know you shouldn't be embarrassed by the you know and i'm sitting there like i mean i didn't really know that you were, you're not a gambler or anything i'm not, not a gambler what are you talking about no i'm not a gambler what do you mean when you get that from? i'm just saying i mean you know you were one of the best i still am Sure you are. Anyway, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, do you, I, mean you, I never really saw you drink. Are you having some kind of drinking problem or no, I don't have a, no, I'm just trying to put together some money so I can go to L.A. Sure you are. And, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I just want to say one thing. Listen, you know, you shouldn't. Crack is a bad thing to try. And just, I'm not on crack. I mean, the, oh. So she does the same thing. She gives me the money for the tip, and then she gives me another twenty dollars. And I, uh, I'm going. Please, God, don't let anybody else show. Please, 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 God, please. These two are enough. If they would just, if they just shut the hell up and don't tell anybody. And here comes somebody else I know, but this is somebody who knows. Uh, you have a person in an office that you can't stand because they're an asshole. Right. But they're extra assholey to you. Well, here comes the comic who is extra assholey to me. And the reason he's extra assholey to me is because we kind of look alike and I'm a lot better at it than he is. So now he's mad at me because someone that kind of looks like him is way better. And he always gets called by my name and they go, oh, that's right. You're not Steve. Oh, OK. And he's and now he now he finally gets a chance to one up me because he'll never be as good a comic as I am. Even he knows that. And he's then hey, what's going on? Didn't know you were here. Oh God, yeah, man. Uh, so uh, what's going on? And at this point, I'm like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna do the club thing. I'm, I mean, I'm working at a club. I'm not. I'm not even going to talk to this dude like that. I'm just going to I'm going to try to keep it as light as possible because I just want to get him the hell out of here. And he's looking at me and he's got that stupid smile on his face like, <laughs> got him. I don't care if he's better than me. <laughs> I'm not working at a car wash. Look at him. Look at this bat. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him wiping my tires. <laughs> being real nice but i could see it you know when somebody's being nice to you but the whole time you can see them inside their head spitting on you that's what this bastard was doing the bastard and then he gives me the tip and then he does the same thing the other two people he walks me around to the side and i'm waiting for this bullshit and then he just hey, and here's a you you probably need this and gives me the 20 and i'm sitting there going i'm gonna need it for bail because i'm about to crescent kick you in the fucking adam's apple then he walks back to his car and i hear a little chuckle and he pulls off looks back at me and gives me the I, the uh, isaac from love boat point now what i'm hoping that he pulls in the traffic and the tractor trailer runs over his punk ass <sighs> And that was the third of the four people. And the fourth person comes along. And this is someone who I don't dislike or don't like. This is a nice guy. And this was the one that bothered me the most because it's like, oh, 
we don't even have the kind of relationship. Like the first two people really liked me and I really liked them. The third person was a piece of shit. And this guy was just a, a nice guy who was kind of funny, you know, serviceable, does a nice job, but working regularly, better at the business than the kind of comedy itself. He pulls around and he's actually honest. And then he told me you were working here, man. What's going on? And I go, dude, I'm still working the clubs. I'm still doing my thing. I just, I want to move to Los Angeles. I'm just working these jobs because I want to make some money during the week and just stockpile some bread so I can get out to Los Angeles. And I can see in his face that he believes me, right? But here's the ironic thing. He's the one of the three that actually believes me, but he's the one that doesn't tell anybody anything. I would hope that he would go out there and be just as aggressive spreading the word that I'm only working at this joint so I can stockpile some money to go to Los Angeles and I'm still doing my comedy thing and I ain't gambling and I'm not drinking and I ain't on crack or anything like that. I haven't fallen on hard times. I'm just trying to accelerate things. But he didn't say shit. So now I'm working at the clubs and I can see everybody looking at me. Oh, God. This poor bastard. And I'm going, but you still, I'm still blowing the club out. Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, he probably has gambling debts. You know. Now, eventually that all cleaned up and everybody figured out what the hell I was doing. But that was like completely humiliating. <laughs> this all happened within, a, this like literally happened back then. I was like, going, what are they doing? Oh, God. It was just, it, it, I wanted to shoot myself out of a cannon. But that's the thing, man. You know, it's like uh, I learned that in that in that whole groove that I was crushed by the end of that day, you know, and, and for the next few months. But the funny thing about it is as older me and no longer Steve and now I'm S. Anthony, those kind of things. Now, I look back at them and laugh my ass off because I could still see the people. Sure, you are right. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> And eventually I did make it out to Los Angeles, actually ahead of schedule, you bastards, and came close to getting a show, but it fell apart. And I think I already talked about what happened after that on on other episodes. So if you don't know the story, go listen to the other 200 and something episodes, you bastards. But the main thing is, is like, the main thing I want to say is that, you know, you're probably going to want to do something. And if you want to do something big, just know that. Nobody around you, unless they really, really understand you or really, really support you or really, really get what you're trying to do, they're not going to know or understand the sacrifices that you have to make. They're not going to understand it. So don't expect them to understand it. They're not going to understand it. So if you got something big you want to do, just do it anyway. Take the hits. If there's some humiliation involved, so what? Because just like me, I, I, I mean, literally, that was literally one of the most humiliating days of my entire adult life. And guess what? I'm laughing at it now. And probably a lot of you are too. <laughs> so, you know, it's okay to make sacrifices to get the stuff that you want. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, it's, it's, it's going to suck in the beginning. Like I said, just like when you're working out of the gym, it hurts the first three months. And after that, it's just what you do. It's not a big deal. You know, I've lost friends. I lost girlfriends. And I realized that I really actually didn't lose friends. I got rid of the people that weren't friends and I didn't lose girlfriends. I got rid of people that were pretending to be girlfriends. And the only people that are left now are really, really cool people. People that understand me, that understand what I'm doing is important to me, that are supportive. That's who's left. And quite frankly, that's all that's all that really matters, right? So Listen, listen, my friends, if you're trying to do something big and it's important to you, even if it's going to be tough, it was going to be a little bit of humiliation into it. Just do it anyway. It's worth it on the other. We'll be back right after this short break. And now back to the show. I trust me. You know, right now I'm rebuilding my career from scratch. Sorry, I'm repositioning myself in the chair. New comedy show. And now I'm doing a podcast. And it's tough. You know, but I also know what's going to happen on the other side of this. The same thing that's going to happen to you on the other side of whatever the hell you're working for. Keep busting your ass and don't pay attention to what other people are saying. And guess what happens? You get what you want and they get to watch you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Because then that problem is over. Much like this segment.
segment over. All right, guys, cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes. You know what the funny? I've been doing this podcast, like I said, uh, it'll be three years in late October. And I have people always saying to me, you've done, and they mentioned a number of episodes that they've, that existed at that particular time of the conversation. You ever going to run out of stories? And I'm going, I haven't even scratched the surface yet <laughs> on the stuff that's actually happened to me, nor, and obviously I can't scratch the surface on things that are happening to me on a daily basis. So I can actually talk about those on a regular basis. I mean, I've been doing, I've been a comedian for 30 years and been doing a podcast for almost three. So, I mean, if I haven't run out of things to talk to or talk about by now, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen, Captain. You know, and I thought about that. It's really weird because when stuff happens to me, like I said in the, in the, in the previous one, you know, when stuff happens to me, I've said it in the previous shows, when stuff happens to me that's bad, if it's not like really, really horrible, then I'm sitting there going, in the middle of it, I'm going, that is horrible. Then, then after it's over with and I'm laughing at it, I'm going, ha ha, I'm using this. But something actually happened to a friend of mine that was not the, the worst thing in the world or the best thing in the world. It was just an interesting thing. And I really wish it would have happened to me directly so I could actually have more information. Um, but one of, the things, <laughs> one of the things I've noticed is sometimes it's not about who you're getting the message from or who you're getting the information from, it's about the information itself, you know? And, and sometimes we get hung up on the wrong thing. For example, like nowadays everybody has, you know, smartphones or GPS and you have your GPS and your phone. So you're really not really going to get lost, you know, for the most part, you just turn on your damn phone and type in the address and then it'll, you know, the, it'll direct you there with your GPS or this is GPS in your car or whatever. But there was a time before all of this stuff existed for the general public, where you literally would have to ask people for directions and you drive down the street and you'd see somebody who, and you, you made it. And, and everybody talks about this. It's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? And everybody's actually dealt with this. When you're seeing someone walk down the street, you have to, you're making a decision based on what you see to whether or not the person is somebody that you would trust giving you directions. You know, you and you've said it. You you either said it out, out of your mouth or you said it in your head. Oh, that guy don't look like he know anything. Oh, he looks crazy. Oh, please, she don't even know where she is now. Look at that guy. I ain't asking him. I ain't asking him either. Oh, he's scary. She's scary. I ain't asking them. I'm standing next to a guy who's you know one of the. He looked like he was down on his luck. He didn't look homeless, but he was a little depressed looking. Like, oh my life blows. One of those guys, you know, you know. And so we're standing next to each other. He and he, some guy pulls up and sees us both standing there. And I'm dressed in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking pretty good, you know. And he comes up to me, and I, I'm not even from this town that I'm in at the time. I'm just, I'm just working there. I know how to get to the city, how to get to the hotel I'm in, how to get to the comedy club, and how to get back to the hotel. That's all I know. And in fact, I'm on foot right now. Because, you know, I'm just walking to the store to get something, some stuff, because I'm going to watch some football in the room. Because, um, you know, it was like one of those things where I was doing a, a, a place where there was shows Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the show was like one show Sunday night. So the show started at like 8.30 or some crap like that. And so I got all day to kill. And I'm like, I'm watching football, man. So I go to get something to eat. So that's, I don't know where any of that. I knew, only reason I knew what this store was is because I could see it out of the damn hotel window. If I didn't see this store, I'd have been like, F it, I'm just going to get overcharged with room service. I don't know. So I don't know a damn thing. And the guy next to me, and he pulls up and he looks at the guy. He literally drives past me. I think he was trying to stop the car, but and he, he, he rolls on the window and he goes, I need to know where bloop de bloop is. And I'm going, he can't be talking to me. because I'm not, you know. And the other guy was walking towards the car. And as he was, as the other guy was walking towards his window, he puts his car in reverse, looks at the guy like, huh, pulls back, back to where I am. He goes, hey, do you know what whoop is? And I'm going, nah, I'm, 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 a, I'm basically a tourist. The only thing I know is the hotel and the club. And he goes, oh, okay, well, thanks anyway. And he pulls off. Didn't even say anything to the other guy. Could I mean, he's already there. The window's already open. And the other guy goes, I could have told him where he was going. I've been living here my whole life. I don't know what, what the hell. He must have been in some kind of hurry. I could have told him. I'm like, oh, was it, oh so you been here? Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, where he's going is like two blocks away from where I grew up as a kid. I mean, I, I mean, uh, the way he's going right now, he's actually going in the opposite direction. I could have. He, he's going. 
He's going to get lost, man. I could have told him where it was. And the thing was, because I was dressed pretty good and the guy next to me was dressed pretty bad. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't like he was, he was just like, that guy was, you know, was, it was kind of, you know, the kind of way you get dressed when you're going to go out to do yard work. He, for all this guy knew, this guy could have been some, you know, some dude just going to the store to get some Gatorade because he was doing yard work. He doesn't know, but he saw the guy and because he didn't like the way the guy looked and because he didn't respect the guy because he didn't see, he just drove off and he's probably still, that was years ago, he's probably still driving around that city looking for the place he was going to go. Why? Because he saw that guy and from what he saw, he didn't think that guy was going to be able to help him. Bad mistake. Now, why did I say that? I say that because something happened to my friend that reminded me of that situation where you make an assessment based on what you see instead of just getting the information. A friend of mine goes to the doctors. He's a big fat guy. Not me fat, but fat fat. Okay? So, <laughs> right? so, so he goes to the doctor and he has a new doctor. The funny thing is I also have a new doctor. But he has a new doctor as well. So we were joking about, hey, I got a new doctor. I wonder who you get. I wonder who you're going to get. And I said, well, my last doctor was, a, my first doctor, my doctor at this place was a lady and she retired. The next lady was a doctor and she comes in and she's like Pam Greer Jr. And then she retires and I just stopped crying about that. And then the new lady comes in and she's a, and she's a, she's a good doctor and, and also a, a lovely lady. You know, he's going, man, man, my doctor's some, some you know, was, just a, was a good dude, man. He was a, you know, he used to be football, he used to be a college football player, Mr. Then he had a doctor who was, was really, really fit, healthy, good-looking guy, cool, real good doctor, this, that, and the other one. And he was lamenting the fact that my last three doctors were all women, like that means anything. You know, like I'm dating him or something. <laughs> I would have dated the one that looked like Pam Greer. But that's beside the point. So anyway, he goes to his doctor. His new doctor comes in and... His old doctor was working on him to lose weight, and he was kind of believing the doctor. He had lost some weight and was going slowly and methodically, but he was doing it. His, doctor, his next doctor comes in, and instead of going through the information that was already in the file, he wanted, keep in mind, he just had blood tests a little while ago. He wanted his new set of blood tests, a new set of tests, and double tests, and triple tests, and quadruple tests, and all of that crap, and he made him go through all of that stuff again. Calls him back in again, and he goes, okay, you're too fat. You need to lose weight, buddy, and you need to lose weight now. It's hurting your health. What about your family? Don't you want to live longer? Don't you? Do? And he's browbeating him about being fat. But there was one thing. The doctor that was browbeating him for being fat was fatter than he was. Yep, I said it. He showed me the picture, and I went, yo, this guy's bigger than you, and you're big, and you're way bigger than me. You're both big. And he goes, yeah, this guy's telling me I need to lose weight. I'm going, you talk about my wife and kids and all of that crap. You probably ate your wife and kids. I don't know why he said that. That was over the top, but I kind of laughed at it. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I, mean, I was, I was, I'm, I'm, I was fat. I was, I was a fat guy also, so it was okay for me to laugh at it. Um, you people who are skinny, shut up. Back to the story. <laughs> he goes, got the nerve to tell me I got to lose weight. His big ass. Shit. He probably ate his diploma. He said, okay, you already did the ate something joke already. You can't keep piling on. He probably ate something jokes. I mean, when you did the whole thing. With the, the first one was funny, but now, I mean, take it from me. I'm a professional comedian. You kind of, you know, enough but was enough of that. I mean, the joke was funny for us. He goes, will you shut up? And I go, sorry, I just got, okay, whatever. And then, then, then right? Ain't gonna tell me I gotta lose weight. And I'm look, I, I want him to say to him, but you need you how about this? You lose weight first and then tell me how it is. You know. So he, then he sent me to a nutritionist. So he goes to a nutritionist. And I'm going, look, man, it doesn't really matter if your doctor's fat. He went to medical school. He knows what he's talking about. It doesn't matter whether he applies it to himself. The information is still good. Just just, you know, listen to what he says. You're right, you're right, man. I mean, you know, I don't know why he's fat. You know, it could be anything, man. You know, I don't know what it is. I and mean, maybe he was bigger and he lost, he's losing some weight. I don't know. You know, I can't, I can't say anything. You're right, man. You're right, man. Then he goes to the, the nutritionists. He talks to the nutritionist on the phone. The nutritionist gives him all sorts of information. The nutritionist has a wonderful voice and sounds energetic and great. And he's walking in expecting to see some lady who looks like she was a professional dancer or a you know lady bodybuilder or she ran track and, and that she's bigger than the doctor that was bigger than him. And he, she walks in and he looks at her 
Now, this is him describing to me what happened. I, I wasn't actually there for it, although I wish, really wish I was so I could see the look on his face. And she walks in, hey, and he's going, oh, my God, in his head, according to what he said to me. And she's giving him all this information, and she's talking, and it's the same wonderful voice that was on the phone, but now he's now has a picture of what he thought the lady was going to look like, and he's not seeing that, and he's going, why is she telling me I need to lose weight and telling me what the, 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 anything that ends in os is sugar, and I need to do the sugar, and I need to not do the sugar, and I got to and, and the salt, I don't need to do it, and then sodium, and then who oodles and noodles, and I don't eat that, and, and, and I'm sitting there going, how are you going to give, you know what you should do, lady? you should just say to me whatever i'm doing do the opposite of that that's what he said to me and i said you didn't say that to her didn't you and he goes nah i didn't say that but i said it in my head and i said good i'm glad you kept that in your head and he goes yeah but i said what's the information she gave you good yeah it's good information it doesn't matter what the deal is with the information it doesn't matter that she's fatter than the doctor that was fatter than you it doesn't matter. The information from the doctor was good. The information from the nutrition is good. It doesn't matter if she's fat. The information is good. Don't hold it against her. You don't know why she's fat. She could have been bigger than she is now and worked her way down. She could be proud of where she is now because it's better than where she was. You bastard. And he goes, I know you're right. And I said, all right, now shut your mouth, punk. And the nutritionist said, okay, you know what you need to do in addition to this? You need the workouts. You need to get a gym membership. And as a gym, we can give you a discount on the gym membership because we're the one recommending it. So you'll actually get a discount on the gym. Now, granted, the discount only lasts for two years, but that's plenty of time for you to lose the weight that you need to lose. And I'm sure he was thinking some stuff because I know him. And I'm hoping he, he told me the truth when he said he didn't say the stuff that he was thinking because I hope he didn't say that stuff because if he said that stuff, it would have been hurtful. But you know what? I don't think he said that stuff, but I know he wanted to say that stuff. So he gets the gym membership. He goes to the gym and the gym is a wonderful gym. And I actually go to the gym with him, you know, because they uh, had like a couple's thing. And, uh, you, know, not, you know, they were like, you're a couple. I was like, look, dude it says two people okay i'm cheap shut your mouth and let us go to the gym okay i did not say that because the guy was like six five two fifty and i said hey you know i'm just working out with him to help help him go and he goes okay great and he goes wait a second were you thinking that i that you were going to say to me shut up punk and come in here and i should shut my punk mouth were you thinking that and i said i was absolutely not thinking that and he said good and then he put me back down <laughs> He goes, well, the nosy thing about this, this gym is great because it has personal training that comes with it. It's not an extra fee. We have personal trainers here. You have to schedule them. But since this is your first time here, guys, we're going to, you know, you get the person, you get first preference. It's a first time customer. But after that, you have to schedule your personal training sessions, my friend. And I said, all right. I said, we working out with you. Big guy goes, you're not working out with me. You know, because quite frankly, you two fat bastards would die if you did my workouts. And I said, wait a second, are you saying we die if you, you, we did your workout? I'm offended by that. I ought to kick your ass. And I, for the record, I did not say that because he would have killed both of us easily. So we go into the gym and we're deciding it's time to do the workouts. And we're seeing all these people with the outfits on. But a lot of the people that were wearing the gym outfits were not the actual personal trainers. You know, there were, you know, other people doing other kind of stuff around there. And they go, well, there's your personal trainer is coming up now. His name's Bill. And Bill comes around the corner. And I think you know where this is going. Even though this is not a made-up story, I think you know where this is going. And yes, I walked out of the room to laugh a little bit. Because my friend was complaining about his doctor who was really, really fat, and his nutritionist who was fatter than the doctor, when both of the nutritionist and the doctor were fatter than him, now sees a nutritionist and a doctor who send him to a personal trainer who's slightly less fat than him. <laughs> And he looks at me like, are you fucking kidding me? Is every fat person in the world, I mean, this is some, it's like everybody that is going to be recommended to be going to be fat or some shit like that, man. I mean, this is some bullshit. And I go, just calm down, jackass. You don't know. Bill could have been even fatter than he is now and worked out to get to the level of fat where he is now, which would be a less level of fat than his previous level of fat. You don't know that. And quite frankly, he's slightly less fat than you, punk, and slightly more fat than me. Shut your mouth, punk. And Bill comes over. Hey, guys. Uh, I know what you're thinking. And my friend goes, 
<laughs> no, you don't. And he goes, yes, I do. You're going, these guys are as fat as me. And I'm telling you right now, I was a lot fatter than I am now. And I worked out and I said, see, Bill, see, Bill, you, 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 you pegged them right. You was probably just thinking that you were a fat guy and how can a fat guy be a personal trainer? But I told him, don't worry about it. I said, you were probably a bigger guy and you worked yourself down to where you are now and you're proud of where you are now and you're on the road to, to getting in great shape and that we should listen to you because you know your stuff. It doesn't matter that you're, you're heavy right now. You have good information. And he goes, that's right. And then he started working out with him. And then uh, 15 minutes into the workout, the fat personal trainer bill quit and said i can't do this shit anymore this is my first day i'm starting to think they hired me for this job as a joke i have no training in personal training and i look back at the guy in the front desk and he's laughing like <laughs> okay none of that part happened bill just had a good workout with both of us but the moral of the story, my friends, is don't always just assume just because somebody doesn't look the part that they don't have information that you can use, my friend. They may have information that you can use. Yes, your doctor may be fat. So what? He still went to medical school, you judgmental bastard. Okay, your nutritionist is fat too and even fatter than the doctor. But so what? She went to school and got the information and the information was accurate, you bastard. And your personal trainer, Bill, was fat too, but he's a good guy and you work out with him and everything was great. And it was fantastic. And we are now driving home after a great thing and Bill is really cool, right? And we're in the car and he goes, you know what? You're right, man. Even though my doctor was a big fat bastard and my nutritionist lady was a bigger fat bastard, and my nutri and the, the gym guy was a fat bastard, but not as big and fat as the other two fat bastards, and, and, and slightly less big than my fat bastard ass, and slightly bigger than your fat bastard ass. I know you're right, and I should not be judging a book by its cover, no matter how big and fat the cover is. And I'm saying you said fat a lot, dude. And he goes, doesn't matter. We're both fat. We can say it. You know, and if you talk about this on the podcast about eight years from now, your audience better not be laughing at it. And I'm going, what's a podcast? And he goes, you'll find out. And I went, okay. <laughs> that part did not happen. <laughs> but that's just the thing, man. You can't always judge a book by a cover, man. You can't judge a book by a cover all the time. You know? And you got to remember that. Three weeks later, Bill goes to the dentist. And he goes in and he goes in and his dentist's teeth are absolutely fucked up. And Bill said, that's where I draw the line and left. True story. Granted, his dentist's teeth were fucked up because of a car accident and he completely humiliated the poor man. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> that part is true. But I learned, man, I don't judge books by their covers, man. You know, I like to find out exactly what's going on, man. I mean, like I said, I had a fat doctor once at the time when I was in great shape, and I didn't judge him based on that. I knew he had information. It doesn't matter if he didn't necessarily apply it to himself, right? Like, say you run into somebody that has a drug or alcohol problem right and they keep relapsing and relapsing and relapsing and they can't quite get themselves together but they say to you look don't take drugs like this one did you just snort coke yeah you don't need to be doing that hold on don't snort coke definitely not this coke because it's my coke you bastard and then crack hold on don't smoke crack like this okay definitely not this stuff because you have to work your way up to this crack why are you telling me not to do drugs when you're doing drugs right in front of me? I'm trying to tell you because I know what I'm talking about. And I, I mean, and the three people that are behind you that look like Satan and that are tap dancing to the tune of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, those people that you can't see because you're not high, they are not in their head in agreement. <laughs> I'm now going to pass out. Like I said, don't judge a book by a cover, man. I know plenty of people who back in the day were drunk off their asses all the time, were high as hell, were going around jumping on top of anybody that would have sex with them, not using protection. And they kept telling me as a young kid, don't do what I'm doing. Don't do it. I know I'm a whoremonger. I know I get drunk. I know I get high. I've had 
diseases on several occasions. Luckily, it's been the ones that medications can cure, but I'm a you know, Russian roulette with my genitals. Don't you do that, kid. And as a young kid, I could have said, well, hold it a second. How are you going to tell me not to smoke crack and not to drink alcohol? You do it. And so what if you're having unprotected sex with people of questionable backgrounds, which culminated in you having several bouts of venereal diseases that luckily for you were able to be cleared up with medication? How are you going to tell me not to do it when you look like you're having so much fun? with your body deteriorating because of the alcohol and the drugs and the many venereal diseases that are probably sword fighting in your system right now to see which one gets to eventually kill you. How are you going to try to stop me from having that kind of fun, you selfish bastard? I am now going to snort coke and smoke crack off the back of a hook around banging because I don't want anybody to tell me what I can't do, punk. Okay, I would not do that. I listened to those people that gave me that information because I realize it's all about the information. It's not necessarily about the messenger. It's not necessarily about how you get the message. Sometimes it's just about the information. You can't lock in on the messenger and take your eyes off the prize. You know, like if there's a problem in your country where bad things are happening to a certain group of people, and the person bringing it back into the forefront is a football player who wants to silently take a knee. We can't sit there and just get mad at the football player because he silently took a knee, which he has the right to do. No, you don't want to do that. You want to say, okay, maybe you like that, maybe you don't. doesn't bother me at all, personally, by the way. But maybe it bothers you, maybe it doesn't. But let's ask yourself a question. What's the bigger problem? The football player taking the knee or the people taking bullets in their asses, or the people getting choked, or the people getting shot, or the people having bad things happening to them at the job, in the judicial system, and in everyday life, problems that most people probably don't have to deal with. Which one's worse? You can't always lock in on the messenger, my friend. Sometimes you got to realize it ain't about where the information is coming from or how the information comes into the forefront or how the information gets in front of you. Sometimes you got to ignore the messenger because the message itself is infinitely more important. You understand what I'm saying? So. It just goes to show you, my friends, that's what happened to my buddy. <laughs> As it turns out, I'm shrinking. Um, he is bigger than he was before. Why is that? Because he's like, I ain't listening to no fat doctor, no fat nutritionist, and no fat personal trainer, none of that. Damn it. And now he's way bigger than he was before. Still love the guy because him being gigantic has nothing to do with me loving the guy as a person. And he's not even jealous that I'm shrinking. He's actually happy for me. And hopefully this bastard will do the same thing I'm doing. And he'll. But who knows? Maybe he'll listen to me when I, you know, when I finally get back in shape, maybe he'll listen to me because, you know, at that point I'll be like, hey, man, I'm in shape again, you know. So, you know, you want to work out with me? Well, you're not a fat doctor or a fat nutritionist or a fat personal trainer. So, yes, I will. I will eat right and work out with you. And then he'll get skinny. Yeah. That would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> but that, that probably won't happen. He'll probably just, you know, go, okay, you got skinny, so what, punk? Why would I want to listen to a skinny guy? You don't know what it's like being fat. I'm going, I was, I was fat last year. Yeah, but that was last year. It ain't now. I'm not listening to you because I don't, I'm judging the book by the cover. <laughs> and if he does that, I'm going to get into the running position, run towards him as fast as possible, jump in the air until I'm horizontal and drop kick the big bastard. Granted, I'll hit him and bounce off because at that time I'll be skinny. In fact, I, I don't think I'm going to drop kick him because, you know, that, you know, because you know, I, I, I wound up hurting myself. So I'm not going to do that. But, 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 but I digress. All I'm saying is, my friends, don't judge the book by the cover. The fat doctor knows what the fat doctor knows what he's talking about. The fat nutritionist knew what she was talking about. And fat Bill, at the, who was at the, the place working out with people, he knew what he was talking about. I was just joking about him not knowing what he was talking about. He knew what he was talking about. So, like I said, don't, don't judge a book by its cover for the most part. Now, as far as I'm concerned, you can judge this book by its cover because if you look at my avi on Twitter, and it's Anthony Thomas, 
If you look at my avi on my verified Facebook page, as Anthony says, you'll see the same picture. And <laughs> I'm that fucking cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Segment over. Well, folks, this has been episode number 232 of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast. And I want to thank you guys very, 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 very much, you know, for listening to the podcast on a regular basis and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I really, really appreciate it. I know I say it all the time, but quite frankly, you know, you know, it's because it's just because you actually have the same feelings. You shouldn't. I mean, it doesn't mean you should stop saying it, you know. Like you love your wife or you love your husband or you love your kids and you say it to them every day. Your wife comes downstairs, you, you walk up to you, you give her a hug, you look at her, you tell her that you love her. Or your husband comes down, you tell him that you love him. Your kid comes up and gives you a hug, you tell him that you love him. You know what I mean? You do that. You don't go, hey, honey, how's it going? Hey, baby, how's it going? I love you, Bill. Uh, remember when we were dating and I said, you I love you on that Thursday? Yeah, well, everything is basically the same. Just assume that I also love you, and uh, that way I don't have to waste my time saying it. Uh, if there ever comes a time when I do not love you, I will then, of course, uh, inform you of my lack of love. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't foresee myself not loving you at some point in the future. I will probably always love you. So uh, we're not going to say that anymore. I, I already said that. Dad, I love you. Hey, I think you know how I feel. Remember that time I gave you a card and said I love you on it? Yeah. Well, instead of me wasting my time saying it, go up and read that card to yourself and do an impression of my voice. Okay, punk? Or bring me a recorder. I'm going to record myself saying I love you. That way I don't have to say that crap anymore because you already know I love you. Why do I have to keep saying it, you little bastard? You wouldn't do that. Of course not. And I wouldn't say I appreciate you guys listening to me and that I love you best. I wouldn't just say it one time and go, listen, remember three years ago on my first podcast when I said thank you for listening? I already thanked your asses. That's all you get. <laughs> That's all you're getting. I wouldn't do that. I'm going to say it every damn chance I get. Why? Because I feel it every damn time I say it. You know, you cool bastards. Thank you for listening to my dumb ass on a regular basis. I appreciate you. Do me a favor. If you like this show, and I think you do, because if you got to me, it means you're already listening to about 57 minutes of this crap or so, then that means you like this crap. And do me a favor. If you listen, if you got, if you listen to this crap on a podcatcher, whatever the podcatcher is, iTunes, whatever, if there's a place to rate the show, damn it, get your ass over there and give me a five-star rating and write a glowing review because you know you love this crap. Don't be ashamed. Let it out. You love S. Anthony Thomas and you love the S. Anthony Says podcast, you bastard, so get it done. Also, tell some friends. You know what your friends like. And if your friends are nuts like you are, then you let them know about this crap, okay? Also, if you want to support the show, you want to kick in some bread to keep things going, please do so. You can do it uh, You can do it at uh, santhonysays.podcastrevolution.org. Go to the Podcast Revolution Network and donate to the show. Uh, you can do it from, uh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, you can do it from, uh, uh, what the hell is it, uh, Go to the Podbean site, as Anthony says, .podbean.com. Go there if you want to kick in some bread for the show. Go ahead and do it. If you can't do that, then do the other thing. Tell other people about the show, damn it. That's important, too. Get the word out, man. Also, if you see me in public, feel free to walk up, say, S. Anthony, I love your podcast, and I love you. And then give me a big hug. You, know, you too, guys. That's not just for the women. The dudes, you don't, have, you don't say you love you to your brother or your friends. Of course you do. Granted, you usually do it when bad stuff happens or if something really weird happens. But, but, but let it be an exception. If you see me and you're, you're one of my bastards, you walk up and say, Yes, Anthony, I love you and I love your podcast. And then give me a big hug, men and women. Granted, women, it's a little different. If you're a woman, walk up to me and say, Yes, Anthony, I love you and I love your podcast. And then give me a big hug. And then feel free to squeeze my buttocks cheeks. I won't consider it an insult if you do so. And if you squeeze my buttocks cheeks after saying I love you as Anthony and love your podcast, please follow it up with a mmm or yum. I would like that. By the way, I want to make sure that everybody knows, uh, dudes, I'm not asking you to do that. Don't do that, dudes. <laughs> Don't do that. Women, please do that. <laughs> I think I've made this part weird. So, uh... <laughs>
in all seriousness, everybody, do me a favor. Um, follow the Twitter for the show, which is at S. Anthony Says. Follow my personal Twitter, which is at S. Anthony Thomas. Uh, my verified page on Facebook is uh, S. Anthony Says. You'll see the blue, che- the blue check mark so you know that it's actually me and that it's my, um, that's my page. So uh, go there and give it a like. I would appreciate that. Much love to every last one of you. Oh crap! I forgot. I forgot. I keep forgetting. Um, um, because y'all, y'all be di- you guys are DM me talking about what is the new um the new email because I got shut down the other email. Uh, the email is talk to s anthony at gmail dot com. T a l k t o s anthony at gmail dot com. Uh, that's where the emails are. That's where you can email the show. So thank you very, very much. Much love to every last one of you in every country that's listening to me right now and to people in the future that are listening to me for the first time. Much love to you because if you got to this point, it means you like the show also. So thank you too. And quite frankly, as I always say, it doesn't matter to me whether you're listening to me in a treadmill, whether you're driving down the street in your car, whether you're mowing the lawn with earbuds in, it doesn't matter. I got love for you and I appreciate you. And on the count of three, I'm going to close the show the way I always close the show and I want you to do it with me. I want you to do it with me. Are you ready? One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out. Go. enjoyed that didn't you of course you did i told you that you would so remember go subscribe to that podcast as well it's the s anthony says podcast and thank you for already subscribing to this podcast like i said in the the intro uh finishing up a couple of things very very soon i'll be uh hitting you with a bunch of episodes back to back to back to back thank you for being patient with me and my friends i will see you again very very soon thank you thank you thank you much love to you Take care.